Now, I don't know how many of you uh, spend much time reading love poetry or listening to love songs. I won't ask for a show of hands. But, you know, when you look at, at popular culture, it's such a dominant kind of theme. You know, that unrequited love or the, the experience of what happens after that relationship has broken apart. And, you know, we feel that so, so deeply, and just that sense of, of devastation and, and loss and grief and, and all of that. And I think tapping into to that, is, that experience is, is really helpful as we go back more, almost 3,000 years to their opening reading and that first love poetry of the prophet Isaiah. He's, he captures that sense of, of the grief and loss that the Lord felt. As Isaiah says, you know, what more could the Lord have done? You know, he planted this choice vineyard. It was the best of soils. He built a fence around it to protect it from the wild beasts and passers-by. He built a tower in the center and the wine press was there. He planted the soil with the best of vines. He watered it. He tenderly cared for it. And yet, this vineyard didn't produce even the best of wines. It just didn't produce even you know, ordinary kinds of wine or ordinary kinds of grapes. All it produced was sour grapes. And that sense of, of grief and loss that we hear then also in our psalm, Psalm 80, written many centuries later, as people reflected on what happened after the exile, after they'd lost everything, after the temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed, after all of that, and then, of course, in the gospel. Isaiah writes at a time when the temple is still there. The temple is, is still you know, it's surrounded by, by foreigners, by enemies. The northern kingdom is on the brink of, of collapsing and falling. But the southern kingdom is, is still holding out, even though the Assyrians are this brutal force. And so this sense of Isaiah understands as he receives this inspiration from the Lord of what went wrong. And so often it is just this small change that is made. The last two lines of our first reading today is so poignant, especially, I'm told, in the Hebrew. Because with, what did the Lord look for? He wanted justice. And in Hebrew, the, the word is mishpat. But instead, he received mishpak. From mishpat, justice, we get mishpak, bloodshed rather than justice, or sort of rather than integrity or righteousness, and the, the Hebrew word is zedekah, rather than zedekah, we get ze'akah. So just this slight change, this cry of lament, this outcry that we receive, that we hear. And so often we have to recognize that it's not in the big, bold kind of actions where we fall apart and our lives unravel. It's often just in this little slight change, this little adjustment that happens when we're moving in one direction and we just kind of stumble and begin to move in a slightly different direction, just the difference of one letter. And often that's enough to completely unravel a whole sense. And then that just continues and, and things begin to, to move further and further apart. You know, there's a report this week that uh, this year is, is on target to exceed the 1.5 degree threshold that is commonly said as the, the tipping point for our world and for the, the whole of the environment. 
Pope Francis released a new apostolic exhortation to us, you know, reminding us that we can't continue just to, to let things be the way that they are. This whole sense of injustice, this outcry, this bloodshed that we see in the world that we hear about overnight in the, the situation in Israel. As we continue to experience the effects of violence and hatred as they bubble further up and within our lives, we have to face this. We have to deal with this. The gospel is the middle parable of a series of three that he tells not to the disciples, but to the religious leaders in Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus has now made his way to Jerusalem. He's arrived in the city. This is in the final week of his life, Holy Week, we would call it. And everything is really intensifying. There's this whole sense that all of the bets are off now because Jesus knows that this is his last chance to really confront the religious leaders, to tell them what they need to hear, to allow them this final chance to repent. Because the Lord is always offering us one more chance to, to turn away from the bloodshed, to turn away from that cry of distress. The Lord is offering us one more chance to embrace once again the way of justice, the way of integrity. That The Lord is, is calling us and inviting us to say, look, this is your opportunity, this is your chance to turn again, to turn away from the rotten sour fruit and to begin to produce this abundance that he's wanting of us, this desire that he has that we might experience just that true fecundity, the true fruitfulness that the Lord is offering to us. Will we embrace the chance? Will we take the opportunity today to turn away from our sin? You know, so I read these readings during the week, you know, I was just feeling this deep sense of grief and loss as I reflected on my own life and my own sinfulness and my own the ways that I've turned away, that I've just made these slight adjustments in my life that have, have allowed my life to be way less fruitful than I want it to be. As I've looked around at the world and seen the same outcomes, the same results in the world, this sense of grief that the Lord feels towards us and towards our community. Let's indeed allow the Lord to nurture us once again. The walls may have been destroyed, but we can rebuild them. We can allow God to once again be the very center of all that we do. We can desire to, to turn back our lives in faithfulness to God and to allow his call to embrace us and to allow his desire that we might be fruitful, that we might be people who embrace justice, that we might be people who live in integrity, that that will be the sign that we can finally experience the goodness of God among us.